Hello there, friends. This is Spencer Michelle, and welcome to your weekly astrology forecast for the week of August 10th through the 16th. Hope that you're doing well out there and have successfully survived the Aquarius new moon that was opposite the Leo sun and squared Uranus. Uh, this week, week will be, uh, you know, dealing with the fallout of that with a last quarter moon. Uh, on Monday, we will have Mercury squaring Uranus. So Mercury takes its turn from Leo, uh, making a square to the Promethean god in the sign of Taurus. Mercury will be moving into the second decan of Leo. And we'll talk about the six of wands. On Tuesday the 11th, we will be seeing the moon squaring the sun, which is our last quarter moon from 19 degrees of Taurus to 19 degrees of Leo. On Wednesday, the sun will be moving into the third decan of Leo, and we'll talk about the seven of wands. And this is a, a double Mars ruled decan, so we'll talk about defending our turf uh, with the sun in, in Leo 3. On Thursday the 13th, Mars will make a square to Pluto from Aries to Capricorn at 23 degrees. Uh, and then on Friday uh, on the 14th, Mercury will move into the third decan of Leo as well. And then on our weekend, we will have uh, on Saturday the 15th, Uranus will go station retrograde at 10 degrees of Taurus, um, where we're going to be reviewing some of the material changes that we've been attempting to make as a collective. And then finally on Sunday the 16th, uh, we will have a trine between the sun and Mars in fire signs in Leo and Aries at 24 degrees. Okay, and we're also leading up this week to a Kazemi moment from the uh, from Mercury and the sun. So Mercury is in the underworld right now and um, searching for treasure, searching for identity, searching for gnosis. So I'm going to share my screen, and let's first take a look at the planetary condition for the week and where all of the uh, wandering planets, wandering stars, they were called, um, are going to be moving from and ending up to. So the sun will start off this week uh, in 17 degrees of Leo, moving to 24 degrees of Leo by the end of the week. It will be switching decans, as I mentioned, from the second decan to the third, which is a 10 degree area of each particular sign. And we can see a little bit of a different narrative shift as we move through different sections of, of space in that way. Uh, the sun will have um, dignity by domicile. It is the, the king is in his own castle, so to speak. And it is also the triplicity ruler of the fire signs by day. Uh, the sun will be in the terms of Saturn from 11 to 18 degrees and then moving into the terms of Mercury from 18 to 24 degrees. Aspects this week for the sun, it will be receiving an overcoming trine from Mars and Aries, and it will also be squaring Uranus still by a whole sign in Taurus. We had the, the exact perfection of this aspect uh, at our full moon last week, but we're still kind of dealing with the, the fallout of that. So hopefully you've come with, to some kind of new realizations about potentially your own sense of identity versus the way that you deal with your material resources. That is one of the big themes of this particular um, lunar cycle. Uh, in addition, trying to figure out what is good for 
ourselves versus what is good for the group and what is good for the whole. So those are th themes we're going to continue to deal with as we move through August here. Um, Saturn will be in the sign of Capricorn, where it is retrograde in motion and moving backwards from 27 to 26 degrees of Capricorn. It is in its own domicile, and it will be conjoining the fixed star Terabellum, which is one of the fixed stars in the constellation Sagittarius over the course of the week. It is in the terms of Mars from 26 to 30 degrees, and it is co-present with a number of planets in Capricorn. So it is, it is in the same domicile or in the same temple as Jupiter retrograde and Pluto retrograde right now. It is making its own overcoming square to Mars in Aries, so trying to slow down that very um, fast-moving Mars right now, the one, the the rash Mars, where it has Mars is really wanting to move forward with plans and take action, but Saturn is kind of saying, "Hey, wait a minute, there, uh, there are some things to consider and some reality checks before you can do what you want to do." Uh, Saturn will also be opposing Venus this week. So Venus is kind of going through that Capricorn opposition gauntlet that Mercury and the Sun recently went through. So she's taking her turn with that. And so we'll be lots of questions potentially in relationships and trying to harmonize how we provide for ourselves and others um, coming face to face with some of the hard, harsh realities that Saturn, Jupiter, and Pluto are being subjected to right now or subjecting us to, I guess you could say. Um, Saturn is also making a trine to Uranus and Taurus and a sextile to Neptune in Pisces. It is in its own domicile, so it is its own host. So it's kind of hanging out in its own house. Jupiter will be retrograde this week in the sign of Capricorn as well, moving backwards from 19 to 18 degrees. It is in a condition called fall, which is basically where a planet is at the bottom of the wheel of fortune. It's not able to do what it wants to do necessarily and has to make uh, an enormous amount of compromises with its host. In this case, the host is Saturn, which is concerned with contraction, whereas Jupiter generally likes to expand and beauty, beautify things and make things more shiny and nice. And Saturn is dark and dirty and, and uh, about composting things rather than growth. So, um, Jupiter doesn't really have the types of things that it would normally feel comfortable with to build with. So we will see Jupiter, uh, a debilitated Jupiter, moving through the terms of Venus from 14 to 22 degrees. It is co-present with its host Saturn and with Pluto. It will also be making an overcoming square to Mars in Aries. And last week we saw this aspect perfect the Mars Jupiter aspect, and, and the day that it did, we saw the, the giant explosion in Beirut. Um, so we had a kind of a, a very big, um, violent kind of thing, an expansion of violence. Uh, so that was one interesting and tragic uh, representation of that particular square lining up with a, a, an important world event. Jupiter will be opposing Venus in Cancer and making a trine to Uranus and Taurus and sextiling Neptune in Pisces. It is co-present or in the same sign as its host Saturn. Mars will be moving from 21 to 24 degrees of Aries this week, where it is also in its own domicile. 
it will be in its own terms or able to set its own curriculum as its own bound lord. That's another word for terms. Uh, as Mars has term rulership from 20 to 25 degrees of Aries. It will be receiving an overcoming square from Saturn, Jupiter, and Pluto and making a trine to Mercury and the Sun this week. Uh, it is uh, in its own domicile, so it has all of its own resources. It's just being slowed down a little bit by Saturn in particular, and all of that Capricorn energy is kind of exerting a lot of pressure on Mars, where we may want to be moving forward with our life and have some autonomy and sovereignty, but we're having to work within an established structure that, that may not be as um, glamorous, I guess, as we want it to be, or move as fast as it wants, uh, we want to. Remember, uh, Mars speeds things up, but Saturn slows things down, and Saturn has the upper hand right now, so excuse me, Saturn is, is slowing everything down. Saturn's saying, slow your roll, Mars. So we're, we're trying to deal with that. And that's going to be part of the, uh, the real challenge over the next few weeks and, and months ahead because they are in an adversarial uh, relationship with one another right now. And there's going to be a retrograde pretty soon with Mars um, where we're going to have an exact square between Mars and Saturn very shortly in the coming weeks. And then it's going to retrograde and square again before it moves forward. Um, so get used to this energy for a, a little bit, which as I'm sorry to say. Uh, Venus has changed signs over the last week from Gemini into the moon-ruled sign of Cancer. It'll be moving from 2 to 9 degrees this week, where it gained quite a bit of dignity. Um, it is now the triplicity lord of the water signs. Um, Venus is the daytime triplicity ruler of the water element. Um, so it ha has triplicity dignity, which means it sort of has communal support right now. Um, it also has dignity by face in the first decan of Cancer this week. And it will be in its own terms eventually as we move into the further forward in the week. Um, it starts off in the terms of Mars from 0 to 7 degrees and then ends up in the its own terms, Venus, 7 to 13 degrees. It will be making a conjunction with the fixed star Mirzum in the constellation Canis Major, the, the big dog. We'll talk about that a little bit when we get to our dailies, but that's Mirzum was the announcer, so we may be seeing some kind of announcements that uh, are related to Venusian um, significations, um, relationships, um, beautification, the way that we nurture one another, especially with Venus moving through cancer. Um, but the only, the downside that we see from Venus shifting science here is it's, it's going through that, that gauntlet of Capricorn planets in opposition. It's kind of staring into the void. We can think of that Capricorn gate as the, the void where forms are going out. Venus is trying to bring new things into being in that cancer area, which is about birth and growth and nurturing. But it's having to make a real compromise with these planets that are asking for consolidation, composting, and accepting uh, change right now. Um, so it will be opposing Saturn, Jupiter, and Pluto. It will be receiving an overcoming square from Mars. So it'll be receiving some harm from Mars this week as well. So we're trying to really come to an agreement, but um, there may be some you know, more self-invested interests that are potentially 
preventing that and causing more tension. Venus will also be sextiling Uranus and Taurus and having a trine to Neptune in Pisces. Its host will be the moon this week, and the moon is waning. It will begin in the disseminating phase, moving very quickly to the last quarter moon on Tuesday, and then ending the week in the balsamic phase, which is the dark moon before our new moon in Leo next week. Mercury will be moving from nine degrees. Uh, it's moving very quickly right now. It's moving from nine degrees of Leo to 24 degrees of Leo where it is under the beams right now, which means it is invisible underneath the light of the sun. And you can think of, about that as a condition of, of Mercury traveling in the underworld and trying to find out uh, some kind of important message and bring it back to the light of day. Um, we're also searching for identity right now as the Mercury moves through that first face of Leo, where we were casting doubt on who we were and potentially uh, using, you know, um, trying on different identities like a mask. And as we move into the second decan and then the third decan, we'll be having a shift in our narrative where we're questioning potentially how we um, gain support for who we are and our authenticity, and then uh, having to defend um, our identity in the third decan of Leo. Uh, Mercury will be in its own terms at the end of the week. It starts off in the terms of Venus from 6 to 11 degrees, then moves to the terms of Saturn from 11 to 18 degrees, and then ends up in its own terms from 18 to 24 degrees. It is sitting at the uh, table with its host, the sun. So it is, it is co-present with its, its host, which is a generally a positive uh, condition, although in this case, um, the sun, when you get too close to the king, uh, that can be a condition of debility. So um, there is some challenges potentially with communication because Mercury is getting too close to the sun. It's like you can be in the same room with him, but you don't want to get too close or you'll feel the, the heat of his wrath. So that's sort of what we're experiencing. But Mercury is getting ready for rebirth in that, that uh, royal furnace, you could say, when it goes Kazemi. Uh, next Monday. So that'll be like almost like a new, uh, well, more like a full moon in the Mercury cycle. The superior conjunction is sort of like a full moon. The inferior conjunction is like the, the new moon of the Mercury solar cycle. Uh, it is also going to be trined uh, Mars and Aries and making and perfecting a square to Uranus and Taurus. So a lot of the similar issues that came up with the sun squaring Uranus are going to be projected now onto the mercurial areas of our life um, so, so check out your um, Gemini and Virgo ruled houses to see where you might be getting some shifts, some Uranian shifts. Um, the moon will be waning, starting off in the disseminating phase on Monday and moving to the balsamic phase by the end of the week. Uh, one of the peaks of our week, though, most of our week is going to be defined by a last quarter phase, which is sort of an existential crisis that we may be trying to leave some things with the old cycle behind and get ready for a new start at the new moon. The moon's going to move through Taurus, where it is exalted and has triplicity rulership by the nighttime, and also dignity in the second phase of Taurus. When the moon moves through Gemini, it will be peregrine. And then when the moon ends up in Cancer, it will have dignity by being in its own home, home domicile, and it will eventually have rulership by face in the third decan of 
cancer as well. Okay, so that is what is going on with the planetary condition for this week. Let's move on to Monday. We'll power through today. It's an Aries moon. Let's just get straight to the point and see if we can keep this under an hour and a half today. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if I can do it. Okay. On Monday, let's take a look. Go to one chart here, and I'll move my chart forward to put the sun on the ascendant, and we'll see where we're at. Okay. On Monday, the 10th, uh, we see Mercury moving into the second decan here of Leo, okay? So it is in 10 degrees of Leo, you know, as of the, the early hours in the morning. Um, Mercury's host is, well, is still the sun, but this, we changed face rulers when we changed decans. So each area, each 10 degree area of the zodiac has a, a kind of a different flavor. And in the first decade of Leo, we had a, a Saturn sun flavor where we were simultaneously searching for solar identity, but we're casting some of that Saturnian darkness or Saturnian doubt uh, on, on that particular identity. And Mercury, I think, you know what, one thing I find kind of interesting is I feel like Mercury has actually a lot in common with Saturn. Uh, it, it's different. It, it moves differently. Um, it has maybe a different sense of a, a will than Saturn. It's a lot faster. Um, but I think that the, what it does have in common with Saturn is uh, kind of this quality of casting doubt on things. Um, darkness. Remember, Mercury is a planet that precedes, um, that rules signs that precede shifts from light to dark. And we, we see Mercury as the, the cosmic lawyer in the courtroom that is always trying to cast doubt in the minds of a jury or convince folks of things. And that's by questioning and asking questions on things. So wherever Mercury is moving through in the Zodiac, we're going to be asking questions about those particular things. Now, this particular decan is doubly Jupiter ruled by face, okay? So by the descending Chaldean order and the triplicity method, it's, it's two Jupiters. Um, and we see a movement from this five of wands in the first decan to the six of wands, where we move from the struggle to create identity and uh, this competition type of vibe to establish ourselves to uh, a victory of authenticity. So we can see someone who is returning from war or, and uh, being given the laurels of victory. Austin Coppett calls this card a crown of laurels. You know, he describes this as being a triumphant area of the Zodiac that, that speaks to military parades or victories. Um, so we can think about what does it mean, though, when we have Mercury here. Now, the sun is also in this decan, so we may have very strong impulses towards being authentic and uh, establishing who we are is a very fixed area of the zodiac, uh, but Mercury is coming there to, to maybe shake things up a little bit and ask some questions and say, "Who are you really? How do you create authenticity in your life? How can you um, communicate who you are in an authentic way that really uh, represents um, the real you, the heart-centered you?" 
Uh, so those are the things that we may be dealing with as Mercury moves through this decan. Um, there are a few fixed stars in this decan that, that Mercury will be passing over. One is Acubens at 13 degrees of Leo, which is part of the constellation Cancer. And this fixed star had uh, some significations with the scarab beetle in Egyptian lore and death and resurrection. So we saw the sun going over Acubens um, last week. I believe it may be actually happening as I record this today on Friday the 7th. So um, keep your eyes peeled for that with Mercury. Well, Mercury will also be passing over the uh, fixed star Dubi, uh, which is part of the constellation Ursa Major, the, the, the big bear. Um, and that is a point of stillness. That's a point of passive feminine goddess energy where we use the, the quality of time to help overcome some of our issues. So if, if anything in your life that is ruled by Mercury or has Mercury significations, one thing I would suggest is look at the house that is represented by Mercury. In this chart that I have here with Leo on the Ascendant, it's the 11th house of friends and groups and the second house of finances and resources. So each one of those things is going to be provided for by this Mercury. And whenever it's making aspects or touching certain fixed stars, uh, those um, qualities are going to have to be respected. Remember, last week I talked a little bit, and I've been making some threads on, on Twitter and Instagram. So if, if you aren't following me, I, I'm at Spencer Michaud, just my name, uh, on Twitter and on Instagram. And I've been kind of posting about when planets move into new decans and when they pass over fixed stars, if you want a more like daily update on that. Um, but I was talking about the realm of the fixed stars being associated with divine law, where we have more of these immutable laws that, that are more difficult to, to shift. The, planetary, the planets represent will and force, forces of will. And those may have a, a little bit more wiggle room with our pronoia. But if you really want to get the vibe of what we are maybe a little bit more set in stone, the fixed stars are a really good guide. It's like the canvas that these, these um, planets are trying to paint on, okay? All right, so let's take a look here uh, as we move on Monday. On Monday, the moon is gonna be sextiling Venus at 2.22 a.m. from two degrees of Taurus to uh, two degrees of Cancer. We're starting off the, the week in a, with a Taurus moon where it's exalted. Um, yes, we are moving into the square and a disharmony between the lights. Generally, a Taurus moon is a productive moon, but this is going to be one where it is waning. So we may have the patience and the ability to let go of habits that aren't serving us anymore, that may be blocking uh, the creation of our new identity um, and may be causing challenges with our material security as well. The disseminating phase is all about kind of getting our ideas out into the world. We had some new things, some new information come to light, uh, come to fruition at the full moon, and now we're able to share those ideas and deal with those circumstances. The moon will conjoin Uranus at 7.04 p.m. at 10 degrees of Taurus, and then make a square to Mercury at 11 degrees of Taurus and Leo at 9.11 p.m. Now, the big non-lunar aspect of the day is Mercury will be making a square to Uranus, okay? So here we have the square aspect from Mercury at about 10 degrees of Leo to 10 degrees of Taurus. 
And this is a first quarter type of square for these two planets. We had a conjunction on the 1st of May at six degrees of Taurus between Mercury and Uranus. So this may be, uh, and I did some homework on this and that was when we were in the news, we were talking a lot about um, essential workers and, and there was a lot of debate over stimulus packages and um, issues with uh, unemployment benefits and people receiving that and, and the system was, uh, people were having difficulty accessing the system and whatnot. And we, we may be coming to another uh, point where we're dealing with similar issues. As of today, Friday, um, you know, around the middle of the afternoon, Congress still hasn't decided on a second uh, stimulus package and of going back and forth. And potentially they could go through this day and go to a recess without some sort of agreement. So we'll see how that plays out. I, you know, I, would, I don't know what, what direction that is ne necessarily going to head, but we may see some more conversations and disagreements about that as we move forward into next week. Um, Mercury is going to be represented by the Six of Wands, that victory card we saw, and uh, Uranus is going to be uh, represented by the Six of Pentacles, which if we look in our tarot, we see um, a figure that is giving out alms to the poor. So again, we, we're trying to create some sort of, uh, I guess, win-win situation that has to do with resources, but there's a lot of debate. There's a lot of doubt being cast on it. There's a lot of different opinions. There's a lot of lawyers in the courtroom arguing about each person's position. And we're going to see that happen over the course of the weekend and into Monday here. Um, but we may start to get some relief as that starts to separate, hopefully, as we go through our week. Okay, so let's move forward to Tuesday. August 11th. So on Tuesday, August 11th, the moon is still uh, moving through the sign of Taurus. Um, it does gain some dignity by face as it moves through the second decan of Taurus that day. Uh, we will see the moon first make a trine to retrograde Jupiter at 19 degrees of Taurus and Capricorn at 11.51 a.m. And then sextile retrograde Neptune at 2.31 p.m. at 20 degrees of Taurus and Pisces. And finally, in the evening, the, uh, we will see the moon make a trine to retrograde Pluto at 23 degrees of Taurus and Capricorn. Now, the big lunar aspect and the big as one of the big aspects of our week is a square between the moon and the sun. So this is a, a kind of a, I don't know, a signpost chapter marker in our lunar cycle so we can see that eventually we will at 19 degrees of Taurus the moon will make a square to the to the sun and this is a condition called disharmony between the lights so this is a, a crisis point remember squares were of the nature of Mars so there may be some conflict that we're trying to resolve that that will take some effort um, again we have a uh, it is a similar position of the zodiac that is represented by the same two tarot cards that the Mercury Uranus square was represented by that six of pentacles and the six of wands so it's echoing similar themes that may be drawing in different parts of our life the Cancerian part of our life now when we're talking about sustenance um, the environment that we're a part of bringing things into being bringing forms into being or completing something remember when the moon is is waning Generally, this is a time to let go of things or distribute things. 
Um, the last quarter moon uh, is a point of existential crisis. The first quarter moon can be said to be maybe a material crisis when we're trying to gather resources to bring our new seminal idea into being. Whereas the last quarter moon is like, we're, we're experiencing a shift in our consciousness and we say, okay, I'm sort of done with this other moon cycle. How do we resolve this? And how do we prepare ourselves for, for moving forward with something else? Now, these are, these are two very fixed positions in the zodiac. These are um, the middle decans of the fixed signs. So this may be a, a, a stubborn conflict where either, you know, both, both parties are not super willing to budge on their position. Um, and this could be conflict between like the haves and the have-nots, and, and it necessitates a shift in our, in our perspective. Um, we could have some difficulty securing resources to support our identities, as I mentioned before. Um, and our bodily material needs could be at odds with authority figures also. The sun represents authority figures. So if you're having a conflict with a particular authority figure in your life um, regarding how you support yourself, this is reflected in the sky this week. So um, compromise is probably necessary, um, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see how, how it all plays out. I think that um, with this knowledge, you can... Uh, try not to get too frustrated if you come to an impasse. Another danger of this is digging your heels in like the bull uh, in your position. And also, you know, from the Leo perspective, the, uh, I guess the, the sin of pride may be one that would be easy to fall prey to at this point too, where um, maybe we disagree with somebody about uh, money or resources and we feel that and it may not even just be a question of how much or how little. It could be more a question of respect. It could be more a, a, a question of what is fair. And this is you, it, a lot of the times when someone's trying to, um, not giving us the deal that we feel is fair, we take it as a personal affront to our dignity. And that may be part of the, the conflict that we're experiencing at the beginning of this week. And I think when that happens, it's really important to, um, take a deep breath and to, you know, try to examine, is this really uh, an unfair deal or do I just feel like I'm being insulted? And if you can get past the, the ego pressures in your negotiations, that's when you can really start to get a realistic view of what you need to do to come to some kind of agreement or consensus. All right. Now, the, the fixed star that Mercury is moving over uh, on Tuesday is the fixed star Acubens. And if I go to my star chart real quick, I'll just show you that because uh, we like to kind of get some visuals in the sky here. And we can see that on the 11th, we have Mercury right here, right in the tip of the claw. And that is very close to that fixed star Acubens. Okay. So this is where using projected ecliptical degree. And you can see, now I'll take you through it where you can kind of see on the screen, look how fast Mercury is moving. It's coming into Kazemi with the sun, okay? Conjunction with the sun. But it's moving really fast over the course of the day and passing through that constellation of the crab, but which is also tropical sign of Leo. And uh, sometimes we just have to kind of keep, keep repeating those rules until they solidify in our brain, right? And uh, yeah, so this, this point was um, 
had a lot of um, associations in the Egyptian culture with death and resurrection. Now, the Egyptians thought of this constellation as a scarab beetle. And like, uh, we can also see associations with, in the biblical tradition with the manger, with this constellation. And it's a point of, of life. It's a point of, of rebirth. Um, the scarab beetle in Egyptian culture uh, had associations with uh, carrying the sun across the sky. Because if you look at those dung beetles, they roll little balls of poop and they push it across the desert. And that, to the Egyptians, that represented uh, pushing the sun across the sky. So that, that's kind of a neat association with, with uh, acubins. So this may be a time where we're trying to really get in touch with um, how we create life around us, our vitality, um, where we're communicating um, ways in which we can start to reestablish our identity after we've gone through this sort of Promethean shakeup. And I say Promethean shakeup in relationship to Uranus. Like when we go through all these Uranus squares, it, it really, you know, I don't know about you, but I've been going through some, some real crisis of consciousness about identity, resources, with just, you know, getting some hard reality checks that are forcing some changes. And that's really what Uranus does. It shocks us out of our apathy and and kind of really challenges us to move forward with our life. And with Mercury on Acubens, you might get some assistance uh, trying to, you know, start to put the pieces back together after that old reality was, was shattered. So I would keep your eyes peeled for that. Okay. Um, let's move back to our chart. And we'll move forward to August the 12th. So on Wednesday, August the 12th, uh, the moon will be moving from the sign of Taurus into the Mercury-ruled domicile of the twins in Gemini at 9.45 a.m. Now, we will continue our last quarter moon, okay? So that will, according to Dane Rudyar, who we draw a lot of these eightfold moon paths from, uh, each of those moon cycles lasts for about 45 degrees. So we're kind of continuing on that last quarter phase through Wednesday, dealing with some of the, the challenges, maybe shifting a viewpoint to, to be able to move forward with our life. Uh, the moon's going to be making a trine to uh, Saturn retrograde uh, at 27 degrees uh, at 3.54 a.m. Now, one interesting little side note is the moon is going to be conjoining the fixed star Algol at roughly 26 to 27 degrees of Taurus. And remember, Algol was the blinking eye of Medusa, um, and one of the most malefic fixed stars. So even though this is a trine with Saturn, there, there may be some potential for uh, some, uh, I don't know. Like, I guess I would, what I would say with that is be careful not to lose your head uh, and, and lose your rationality when you are having to deal with uh, a limitation in your life. Because this could be this raw, I guess, we consider it raw feminine power too, um, that when directed properly can, can be useful, but when we lose control of it can, can cause us to uh, suffer great losses. So that's one thing to keep an eye on with Wednesday the 12th. Um, and then after that aspect perfects very early in the morning, this may be part of our story on, on Tuesday as well as we lead up to this, because that happens really early in the morning in the, in the Eastern time zone here. 
but the moon will move into Gemini at 945. Uh, and we have two uh, shifts of decans, two decanic shifts on Wednesday the 12th. Um, actually, just one, sorry. We have one decanic shift and one fixed star that we're going to talk about. So first of all, Mercury will be moving through uh, the second decan of Leo and conjoining the fixed star Doobie. And I'll go back to that for a second. So Doobie is the fixed star in the constellation Ursa Major. So here's Mercury, and we're projecting this ecliptical degree. It's actually over here, but it's kind of it's going to be in alignment by projected ecliptical degree, okay, as we move forward through this uh, this section of the zodiac. And Ursa Major is um, one of the bears. We have the big bear and the little bear, and they circle the pole star here. Whoops. I love it when it does this. And by love it, I mean I don't love it. When my program, when I get too close to the, the pole, it tends to go topsy-turvy. <laughs> but the bears are circling the pole star. And we, we have the pole star, Polaris, right here, that is in the constellation of the little bear and the tail of the little bear. And they're kind of going around the pole along with uh, Draco the dragon. Okay, Remember, the bears used to be, a long time ago, they were considered part of Draco, and they were the wings of the dragon. So we've had a lot of different uh, stories associated with these particular fixed stars. But Doobie is part of the Big Dipper. You can see here we've got the stars of the Big Dipper. The Big Dipper is part of that constellation. There's some major. So what, do we, what can we glean from this? Um, since it has associations with the pole star and with this, this kind of unmoving place in the sky, we have this kind of immortality type of concept. We have this stillness concept. We have this maternal goddess energy where we are uh, trying to get in touch with our inner bear that is able to be patient, um, nurturing, that is accepting of natural laws and forces. Um, this may be a great time to meditate and still the mind to, to create solutions. A lot of the times when we have things associated with the pole star and the, the Ursa Major and Ursa Minor, um, we have to sort of uh, tap into our passive strength. We don't have to necessarily do anything. We have to work with the immortal qualities of nature to, to create a solution. And sometimes that's just waiting and, and just getting in touch with the reality of what's going on. So this is, Mercury is going to be passing over this. So we'll see how that plays out at 15 degrees of Leo. Okay, so let's go back to our natal chart here. And what we see with the sun is the sun is moving into the third decan of Leo. And that is the area of, the, of Leo that is between 20 and 30 degrees of the sign. Now, this one's interesting. Um, this one is associated with the seven of wands, which I'll show you here, which is, if you're li just listening on the podcast, it is a figure that's holding a wand. He's on top of a hill and he's defending his turf and his position on that hill from attack. And that fits really well with uh, the two face rulers, both being Mars and the Chaldean and the Triplicity system. This card was called Valor by Book T and Book, Toth, Book of Toth. Uh, Austin Coppock calls it the Banner. Um, and there is a prominent fixed star in the constellation of Hydra, the alpha fixed star in Hydra at 27 degrees of Leo called Alphard. And that is the heart of the serpent. 
And heart, I think, is a um, is a an important word for this particular uh, decan. Uh, Regulus used to be in this area of the zodiac as well, which was the, kind of the, the heart of the lion. Um, Regulus has, has since processed into the first decan of Virgo, which is an, brings up some interesting questions in and of itself. Um, but this decan was was talked about as uh, the quality, using the quality of determination, courage, being able to de defend that identity that we work so hard to establish with our authenticity. Um, it's rising to a challenge. It's a spirited struggle. Okay, we talk, Austin Coppock talks about this in his book, 36 Faces. He says, it's a spirited struggle of the invincible heart. Okay, so we may be f finding ourselves fighting for a cause, maybe unwilling to concede the throne. I thought that was interesting because Donald Trump has Mars and his ascendant in this area of the Zodiac. And there's been a lot of talk about him being unwilling to give up power uh, at the election this year if he happens to lose. And I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility because this particular decan is all about um, maintaining your position and, and your power. And I mean, I, I have my ascendant in this, this decan of Leo as well. And, and my, I've had a lot of situations in my life where I've had to defend who I was against uh, attack and against questioning and um, uh, having to kind of, uh, you know, still be true to myself in the face of great adversity. Uh, and that has been true being a professional musician and making the choice to do a very difficult artistic job that isn't always supported by our, soci our utilitarian society and in becoming something like a professional astrologer, which is also sort of out of the realm of, uh, you know, normalcy, I guess. It's becoming more accepted socially, but it's still on the fringes and, and having to defend the, both of those things as, as legitimate um, it's legitimate work. So I, 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 that is, a, I, can, I can empathize with this position. So when the sun is moving through this, it's going to bring an awareness to our ability to um, tap into that core part of ourselves that is going to be able to defend ourselves against potentially an attack. So really, when, when over the course of the next week, as we move through the middle of the week, start to ask yourself, how can I continue to create, craft this new identity, to become my true self, and to really like not give up in the face of adversity? Whenever you're trying to become something new and trying to be something, you inevitably will face opposition. And that's okay. Like sometimes you can uh, see that you are becoming more and more authentic by the, uh, by the opposition that you're receiving. I think that when we try to please everyone, we're making uh, too much of a compromise that may be pleasing no one. And by be taking a, a strong position about saying who you are, that also brings up an awareness of what you are not. And sometimes you will have to defend who you are against the people that disagree with who you are and maybe represent what you are not. And that's okay. And that's a lot of my favorite phrase on that regard is, 
let's agree to disagree, <laughs> you know? Uh, just because you establish your own identity in one certain way doesn't mean that everyone else has to be like you or you have to be like anyone else. And sometimes just the, the most important thing you can do is say, well, that's, this is my truth, this is my reality, this is who I am, and, and you can have your truth and your reality. And, and uh, as long as we're not harming one another with those particular identities, then we don't have an issue. The problem comes when we try to establish an identity or other people do or our own right to be that is um, detrimental to other people's right to be. Uh, and that, that, that's the cause of most of our conflicts in a society is when our, our particular rights infringe on other people's rights or our perceived rights, our perceived desires and wants. And it could just be that too. And we're seeing this with the, the great the great mask debate. <laughs> it's, I laugh because there's like a supercut of people on the news saying mask debate over and over again. And all of that, that that implies with, to those of you with a dirty mind. Um, my personal opinion, and this is, you know, again, establishing who I am versus, you know, what I'm not is it's not really a debate. Like, people wear masks to protect one another. It shouldn't necessarily have to be a debate or a political issue. And you're free to disagree with that. But in this case, my personal opinion on that is that that other position puts other people in danger. And that is where, where a, the conflicts come in, is when by not using uh, a safety measure, you endanger others. That is not the way that we create a society that is equitable for everyone. If we want to live together in a society that is functional, we have to be able to ask ourselves if what we are doing and with what we are trying to pursue is good for the whole or we can't have a functional society. So, and everybody's asking those questions about what is really detrimental to others and how do our own you know, rights and desires conflict with that of the group. And this is true with, this was true at our full moon. This is true with, Saturn moving through its own temples of Capricorn and especially Aquarius is we have this conflict between the needs of the whole and the needs of the individual. And those two things are, that those are tough things that we're trying to answer right now because Saturn is very powerful right now. Saturn is really asking us and especially will be asking us again when it moves back into Aquarius to really take our brothers and sisters needs into account. Um, and really maybe mature a little bit in the way that we exert our own personal rights um, to fit within a society that uh, is more fair for everyone and not for just the select few. And that's really, we saw that at the beginning of the year with Saturn moving through Aquarius, and we're going to see it again when Jupiter and Saturn uh, meet up in December. We'll see probably some big movement towards that as that is a, it heralds a giant shift in the elemental um, positions of the Jupiter-Saturn conjunctions that only change once every two to 300 years. This is really a big uh, epochal change. This is a big cultural shift to potentially thinking more in alignment with the good of the whole versus the good of the few. That's my hope, at least. I could see some other ways that it could go, there may be some more dystopian possibilities, but at this point, I, I'm still hopeful that we can figure this out as a, as a society and as peacefully as we possibly can. We've all been through a lot this year. Okay, 
let's move forward to Thursday, August 13th. On Thursday, August the 13th, the moon will be in Gemini, continuing the last quarter phase. It will be sextiling Mercury at 8.32 p.m. at 17 degrees of Gemini and Leo. And the big news of the day is a square between Mars and Pluto. Mars and Pluto interactions are pretty intense, pretty rough. Uh, Pluto being the lord of the underworld, Hades, all the things we repress, all the corruption that we push down below the surface, all the violence, all the erupting from beneath the earth and abducting. <laughs> like uh, the last time we saw some contact with uh, the sun and Pluto, we were seeing some of the events playing out in Portland, Oregon, with uh, federal troops abducting protesters and bringing them to undisclosed locations. Um, we may see some themes like that repeating. Uh, I've, I've seen a lot of abduction themes with Pluto play out. Um, this is where Mars is really amping up and energizing uh, that Plutonic um, corruption that we're seeing in the third decan of Capricorn, which is associated with um, established power structures. So we could have this, um, oh, people that are trying to make change, and maybe aggressively so, um, coming into conflict with the dark side of the system. So Ren Butler, in his very good book, The Archetypal Universe, talks about this, um, this combination associated with passion, drive, intensity, excessive self-will. Um, if we extrapolate that out to uh, Aries and Capricorn, we can see conflict with the system, corruption exposed through violence, uh, Hades erupting through the underworld, a death and rebirth struggle that is very intense, volcanic forces. So this is a, this is a, when you add Mars to a platonic mix, especially from Aries, it's like lighting the match and dumping it on the big pile of, of gunpowder. So um, we could also see some brutality playing out within the news cycle. Uh, this is a continuation of the Mars-Saturn conjunction that we saw at zero degrees of Aquarius on March the 31st. So again, we're having this uh, first quarter type of phase, this, this crisis, this um, material crisis of this uh, martial plutonic cycle. So think about this too. Uh, Jupiter is providing resources for, for Pluto right now. So this could be also associated with our belief systems, um, whereas Mars has a pure energy being in its own domicile. All right. So be careful, I would say, is what I if when you're trying to navigate this energy, if you feel yourself wanting to explode, recognize that deep things are being brought up. The potential for transformation is high, but we have to think about how can we navigate this energy um, and turn it into something that will allow us to create that transition without dropping a bomb on everything, okay, L literally or figuratively. So look at the Capricorn and the Aries area of your life right now and recognize that there will be some intense feelings and those that is playing out between those two areas and figure out how you can navigate it with dignity, with the, the sun moving through that third decan 
of Leo and with courage. It is going to require courage and dignity and a royal kind of nature, um, a royal kind of like, uh, oh, I don't know, self-respect is really important at this point in the, in the cycle. Okay, let's move forward to Friday, August the 14th. On Friday, let me shift my chart and my notes here. Hope that you're all doing okay, hanging in there. I think we're cruising along here. All right, on Friday, August the 14th, uh, the moon will be moving into the sign of cancer after spending most of the day in Gemini. So it switches to cancer at 7.35 p.m., gaining dignity, but also starting to oppose all of the Capricorn planets. Uh, the moon will be making a square to retrograde Neptune at 1.16 a.m., 20 degrees of Gemini and Pisces. It will then sextile the sun at 22 degrees of Gemini and Leo at 4.32 a.m. I believe that is the uh, point in the sky that is associated with Bellatrix as well uh, at 22 Gemini, which is a difficult fixed star in the constellation, I believe, Orion. Uh, the moon will then sextile Mars at 23 degrees of Gemini at 7.19 a.m. and then finally move into Cancer at 7.35 p.m. The only non-lunar activity that we have is that Mercury will be moving into that same third decan of Leo that the sun recently ingressed into. So again, we have uh, Mercury will be co-present with its host. It's moving into a conjunction. It's under the beam, so it is receiving some harm from its host right now. But Mercury's traveling through the underworld trying to, to unearth that identity. And it, we may be making some of these changes behind the scenes right now and asking ourselves a lot of questions about what our true authentic self is we may get some real uh, enlightenment about that as we come to the Mercury Kazemi point next Monday. And I believe that is the 17th. Okay, so remember, we have this is a double Mars ruled face. We have the Seven of Wands associated with Mercury uh, in the third face. And this may be a time where we have to be courageous, potentially a little bit combative in our communications. We have to advocate for potentially the defenseless. Um, I would say that, what else? When my notes, I said that the lawyer makes a passionate argument to defend his client. And we could be questioning also our courage and our will. Sometimes when Leo, or whenever Mercury moves through an area of the Zodiac, it casts doubt on things. And it may be our own personal doubt. We may be trying to cast doubt in situations with other people by asking a lot of questions, but we may also be going through that in an internal type of process as well. So be on the lookout for that. And if you have to make a, an important argument to defend something important to you, this might be assisted by Mercury moving through this particular decan. Uh, it's, it, it enters that third decan of Leo at 10 p.m. on Friday the 14th. Okay, also what is going on on Friday the 14th, and we'll go back to our star chart, is that Venus will be moving over the fixed star Mirzum at seven degrees of Cancer. So Mirzum is part of the constellation Canis Major, which we see right here. Okay, this is the big dog. 
We have the little dog up here. This is Canis minor, where Procyon is right there. In Canis major, the really the big the big deal in Canis major is the fixed star Sirius, which is a very bright fixed star that was marking or heralding the return of the fertility to the Nile River Valley in Egyptian culture. But Mirzam is in the paw of the of the big dog, and its most important significations come from it rising before Sirius. So it sort of has this, they call it the, um, I believe this is called the announcer. So this is this fixed star where it's announcing the return of fertility to the, like the Nile River Valley in that ancient time or the return of Sirius. So uh, this may be, uh, uh, we may feel a need in our relationships to make an announcement of some sort, to share information. Um, we may attempt to harmonize with one another, Venus, uh, around the way that we nurture one another by speaking out and having some sort of conversation. So we're, we're drawing upon that energy of Mirzum before Venus goes over the fixed star Sirius. Now it'll travel over Alhina first, which is the, the heel of, I believe it is the, in the heel of Gemini here. Um, and we'll discuss that next week. But we're getting, we're getting ready for some kind of resurrection with uh, Venus conjoining Sirius. Um, but we may have to have some tough conversations beforehand, especially with Venus opposing Saturn, Jupiter, and Pluto. We have to come to terms with reality. Venus is going through that very difficult opposition to all of those planets this, for the next few weeks or so, um, even though she's gained some dignity. She had a tough retrograde in, in Gemini, but now we're, we're making attempts to, to harmonize the way that we provide for others and the way that we, we receive sustenance and nurturing from others as well. So those are the big themes that we're going through. Okay, let's go back to our chart. So moving back. On August the 15th, which is Saturday, the sun is in Cancer. It will be moving into the balsamic phase where it is within 45 degrees uh, of the, um, of the uh, new moon. Okay, so this is the dark phase here where we've moved, uh, where this, the moon will start to become less and less visible, little slivers, eventually going into that kind of crone phase. And this is a time period in the moon cycle where we're really trying to consolidate all the lessons we learned from the, from the last uh, lunar cycle, where we're letting go of all the stuff we need to let go of um, and figuring out what we're going to take with us to plant a new seed. And that new seed is going to be a, a Leo seed at our new moon, a new identity that we're going to be planting in the third decan of Leo coming up very shortly. Um, on Saturday the 15th, the moon will be making a conjunction to Venus at 9.26 a.m. at 7 degrees of Cancer, right on the fixed star Mirzum. So there might be a, a double signification of some kind of announcement that we're seeing or sharing of information that has to do with that, that Cancer area of our life. The other big news on Saturday the 15th is that Uranus will be stationing retrograde at about 10.26. Okay, so you can see here that Uranus will be right here. It turns red in my particular chart, be turning backwards. Now this isn't super uncommon, especially for outer planets. The outer planets spend a good portion of the year retrograde. 
Um, but we, we, are, we may see some review of some of the Promethean changes that we've been trying to make as, as in regards to how we provide resources for one another. Um, this retrograde cycle is going to happen from August 15th and, and to, at 10 degrees of Taurus and then go direct again on January the 14th of 2021 at six degrees of Taurus. And that'll be very close to a conjunction with Mars and Taurus too. So um, that will be the, what is gonna play out as we move forward in the Uranian cycle here. So reversal of material changes, potentially new ways of dealing with substances, uh, maybe a delay or reviewing some of these things. Um, Prometheus taking back his fire. So if we think of Uranus as, as a Promethean influence, potentially instead of giving fire, he may be taking it back or refining it or reviewing, okay? Uh, Uranus will move back into the, the uh, first decan of Taurus uh, eventually in this retrograde cycle, which was associated with fear of lack. So we may see a lot more conversations about like lack of resources rather than how to provide them for people. Uh, you know, we saw an association with the five of pentacles where there's two destitute figures, you know, running outside of a church. And this may be, you know, echoing some of the themes earlier this year where people were hoarding toilet paper or, you know, going out and trying to figure out how to get as many things as they could because they're worried about shortages. And I think that those themes are going to return um, towards the end of the year. Uh, this retrograde happens on the fixed star Alchird, or Al, yeah, Alchird, A-C-H-I-R-D, which is part of the constellation Cassiopeia. Um, Cassiopeia was the queen in the royal family in the sky, uh, and it talks about potentially women's sovereignty, beauty, talent, um, female empowerment. Um, it talks about stability, maintaining stability through conflicts. So we may see some issues related to feminine, feminine power uh, come up as well in reviewing that. I believe the last time we saw a, a, a prominent um, aspect between Uranus and I think it was the sun, um, a few months ago we saw a Supreme Court uh, ruling about women's reproductive rights so I think that we may see some more uh, things regarding that in the collective as well, uh, and some potentially some reviewing or disagreements around female empowerment and female sovereignty. So I would also look for that in the collective and in your own life as well, feminine type of uh, empowerment. All right, let's move forward to Sunday and finish up our report here by looking at Sunday August the 16th. So on Sunday, August the 16th, we have a pretty active moon. Um, it's going to be opposing Jupiter retrograde at 5.32 a.m. at 18 degrees of Cancer and Capricorn, highlighting some of the challenges between creating growth and nurturing and, and consolidating and composting and letting go of things that no longer serve us. The moon will trine retrograde Neptune at 20 degrees of Cancer and Pisces at 8.28 a.m. And then oppose uh, retrograde Pluto at 1.23 p.m. at 23 degrees of Cancer and Capricorn. So this will, this will happen uh, on the fixed star uh, Pollux where one twin has to die so that the other has to live. Um, sort of getting in touch with the darkness around that. Where, so you may have to be asked to let go of something on Sunday so that you can put your energy into something else. The moon will then 
come into a square with Mars in Aries at 24 degrees of Cancer and 24 degrees of Aries at 3.31 p.m. So again, highlighting uh, our own personal willpower about wanting to move forward with our life and take action, but needing to, to consider uh, scarcity versus abundance. That's what, when the moon's moving through the third decan of, of Cancer, we, it raises questions of what do we do with an excess? What do we, if we are pursuing more, does that come at the expense of others? Uh, th these are questions that may come up. Uh, and finally, the other lunar aspect of the day is the moon will make an opposition to retrograde Saturn at 7.59 p.m. at 26 degrees of Cancer in Capricorn, very close to the fixed star Procyon. So the, the, the solution we come up with may be fleeting. It, uh, Procyon was in the little dog and associated with um, temporary solutions. So we may have to make a temporary solution based on some of the limitations that we, we come to uh, to wrestle with, with the opposition with the moon and Saturn. Um, the non-lunar aspect of the day is the sun uh, receiving a trine from Mars in Aries at 24 degrees at around 10.01 a.m. So this will color our day. And this is where we have the seven of wands representing the sun, where we're defending identity, defending turf, and uh, the four of wands representing Mars where we are um, potentially trying to win over a hostile audience. Remember, this was a Venus-ruled face where we're uh, potentially trying to use the power of charisma uh, to take action and to, to um, shift maybe someone's perspective over and gain the support we need to, to you know, enact the things that we desire to. Okay, um, let's see. So... Themes of assertiveness and courage, ability to take action, to command, physical strength may be supported at this time. So it may be a good time to get out and exercise or do a project that requires uh, a lot of physical stamina or strength or some kind of push. Uh, Mercury is going to be in there. So this may be something where you're trying to win an argument as well. You may be discussing something that's important to you and some defending your position uh, and your ability to maintain your sovereignty. Um, you may have a fruitful battle and a cooperation with authority as well. So take a look at that. And this is going to be leading up to our Kazemi moment when, the, when Mercury is in the heart of the sun. So you can see that we're applying almost within a degree here over the course of Sunday. And that, that is exact on Monday the 17th at 10.45 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time. So... Remember, Mercury is going to be experiencing a rebirth, a resurrection, finding the key, burning away falsehoods or doubt, uh, receiving a message or knowledge. So pay attention to the types of messages that you receive about how you can establish that sense of uh, authority within your own life with the Mercury going Kazemi in that third decan of Leo. All right. So that's what I've got for this week, short and sweet. Uh, looking ahead to next week, um, the 17th to the 23rd, we are going to be seeing Mercury making a trine to Mars on Monday at 24 degrees of Leo and Aries. Mercury will be conjoining the Sun, that Kazemi moment, at 25 degrees of Leo. Uh, on Tuesday, Venus will be receiving uh, or making a sextile to Uranus retrograde at 10 degrees of uh, Cancer and Taurus. That will be conjoined the fixed star Alhina, which is about 
proudly marching. So we'll see what happens there. Um, the moon will be conjoining the sun on Tuesday, the 18th, which is our new moon at 26 degrees of Leo. So get ready to, to get a new divine assignment when it comes to your uh, lunar and solar significations. On Wednesday, the 19th, Mercury will move into Virgo, gaining quite a bit of dignity when it returns home. It will be dignified by exaltation, by domicile. All a whole mess of mercurial dignity improves when it moves into Virgo. And then on Saturday, the 22nd, the sun will follow and go into um, the sign of Virgo as well. Okay, that is what I have for you this week. Hope that you're all doing well. If you are enjoying these videos, make sure you hit the subscribe button, share it with your friends. Uh, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, there's Spencer Michaud Astrology on Facebook, but Spencer Michaud, just without the astrology, on Twitter and Instagram. Um, if you want to reach out and schedule a reading, I'm, I am doing readings right now. My books are open. I'd be more than happy to help you. I've been incorporating tarot, fixed stars, um, Hellenistic astrology, some numerology and I Ching into my readings, but uh, really getting some fascinating insights with clients right now when we talk about fixed stars, constellations, and the, the tarot. If you want to know where, what your personal tarot placements are with your planets, that can really show you a really cool visual narrative. Um, so reach out if you're interested in that. Um, trying to put together some potential educational opportunities for the future as well. So if you have some feedback on things that you would like to see included, in course offerings for me, if it's even if it's just like a weekend workshop, I'd be happy to hear your comments there. So reach out with that as well. And I hope that you're all doing well. Hang in there, and I will talk to you soon. Peace.